when the Lord called John Weaver as a single man to go and serve in Afghanistan, John knew that it might be challenging to find a God-fearing wife. And he knew he might need to lay down his very life in that dangerous country. But he had good reason to go and to serve and to sacrifice for the people of Afghanistan. In terms of singleness, it's Jesus. In terms of martyrdom and being willing to lay down our lives, it's Jesus. It goes back that he is worthy. He's the pearl of great price. When we find him, really nothing else matters. Singleness is a gift. Married life is a gift. And giving your life as a martyr for Jesus, that's a gift. It's a calling for some. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with John Weaver. If you are a longtime listener to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, you've heard John here before. He is an American Christian aid worker who lived and worked in Afghanistan. In fact, after 9-11, when the American government said to all the Americans, uh, it's probably a good idea for you to leave Afghanistan, uh, John prayed about it and felt like the Lord was saying, no, you need to stay. And so he was the last American to stay in Afghanistan after 9-11, John, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thanks, Todd. It's a joy to be here. Thank you so much. You are the author of a book called Inside Afghanistan, and we talked about that the last time you were here. And one of the other things we talked about is your wedding and the fact that you had a Christian wedding ceremony in Afghanistan. And when you were here, you said, we're working on a book about that. That book is now out. It's called Najiba, A Love Story from Afghanistan. If you come to vomradio.net, we'll give you a link to where you can purchase that book. But, uh, John, if I knew a young, single Christian man who was kind of in that age where he was looking for a wife, the probably the last place I would tell him to move to would be Afghanistan. Did you ever feel like this is just not going to happen for me. I'm not Mm -hmm. ever going to get married. Todd, there were several times where I did think that, and I would have a crisis of belief in terms of re-surrendering my singleness to the Lord, which is a gift, a season of singleness. And yes, there were many times where I thought, no, I'm not going to meet anybody here. I'm going to live and give my life and, and, and serve here in Afghanistan, remain single the rest of my life. Because where you were was not just in Afghanistan, like in Kabul, where there are lots of foreigners and lots of aid workers and so forth. You were way off. Yes, I was in the the handle, the handle that shoots up into China. So I was in a much more remote place uh, of northeastern Afghanistan, yes. And I think it's interesting that in the book you really describe, and you talked about it, giving your singleness to the Lord uh, and really having— an altar experience, if I can call it that. The, the, the same way Abraham offered Isaac, you said, okay, Lord, if I'm single the rest of my life and that's from you, I'm fine with that. A few weeks later, you meet somebody. Yes. It, do you think that's related? The, the fact that you had just mm-hmm. offered this up to the Lord and now here he is sort of answering that desire of your heart? 
It could be Todd. I mean, those that readers that have already read the book and those that will read it, I talk about, I was engaged twice before, which is a whole other story. They'll have to read the book to, to get the details of that. <laughs> I can't go into that now. So with that experience in Northeastern Afghanistan, I listened to a John Piper message doing missions when dying is gain. And I, I thought I'd surrendered my life, and, but it was, it, was, it was a very significant experience uh, for me of re-surrendering, recommitment, and just laying it all down. And yes, it did seem very interesting that less than a month <laughs> later, here I'm in Kabul in the capital city, and, uh, and here comes this ray of beauty that walks in this office that I'm just waiting to catch a plane. Anyway, so yes. And I think, again, I, I just think it's interesting because you obviously were a Christian. You had surrendered your life to Christ. God had called you to missions. You had given up comfort in America and moved to Afghanistan. And yet there was still that that need to surrender mm-hmm. that particular area. Yes, yes. Well, you know, a lot of missionaries in the history would say that we died before we went. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I know we hear at Voice of the Martyrs, and we're going to talk about some that have laid down their lives. It's kind of like what the military said. Everybody gives something, but some, some give all. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give some, some give all. And so, yes, I, I would have thought, no, I'm okay, Todd. I'm, I'm, I'm solid in the Lord. I'm mature in my faith. I, I know God's called me here, but I wrestled with being single, partly because of the culture. Mm-hmm. I'm in a Muslim culture. I'm in my 30s. I'm an anomaly. What? Why are you? Why are you single? What, what's wrong with what's you? What's wrong That's with you? <laughs> yeah. And I, I wrote a funny story in the book. I would joke with my Muslim friends. Well, you know the beloved Jesus Christ, the prophet. You know Isai Masih. He wasn't married either. And sometimes <laughs> they would laugh and say, "But we understand. But you're not Jesus." <laughs> it's interesting though. You bring out that culture. Really, yes. if if you're in your you know early to mid 30s yes. in that Muslim culture and you're not married, yes. Something is really wrong. Yes. So, yes. so I'm sure that was a constant conversation among your Afghan friends. Was like, what's your problem? What, yes. What's yes? Why hasn't this happened? You know, and then looking back on my experience, Todd, so much that I was involved in, just to honor the gift of singleness for those who are in that state, because it is biblical. There's a lot of things I did those years in missions that I would have not been able to do had I been married with children. And that's part of the First Corinthians discussion that Paul has. Now, because I was in a Muslim context where family is so important, it was so interesting that when I did get married and had kids, a whole nother realm of ministry opportunities mm-hmm. open up because of the dynamic of family. But both are biblical and both are needed in the kingdom of God. And God can use you in both Amen. states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so don't think, oh, I can only serve the Lord after I'm married. God has a plan mm-hmm. right now where you're at. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Weaver. He is the author of a new book called Najiba, A Love Story from Afghanistan. Again, if you come to vomradio.net, we'll give you a link where you can order a copy of the book. John, let's talk about Jean's background because Mm -hmm. it is not every woman who will marry a man and then move to a rural village Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. But God had uniquely prepared her. Yes for you and for the work in Afghanistan, including she was actually born in yes. Kabul. Yes. Yes. So the interesting thing is her parents worked for the American embassy in Kabul back in the 70s. And so the place of her birth is Afghanistan. That's where she actually was, was born. Now, jumping ahead on 9-11, she's working in New York City. She had a computer degree, and so she's working in New York City. And when 9-11 happened, God spoke to her very clearly I want you to go back to the place of your birth and serve me there. Well, 
for her, the place of her birth was Afghanistan. And God opened up an opportunity through humanitarian organization that happened to be looking for people with computer skills. And so, so yes, God clearly called her there, back to the place of her birth. And uh, But I still struggled when we met, and because uh, we met in Kabul. She's living in Kabul. Her experience is more city, you know, type of thing. And I'm this country guy way up in the mountains. So God had uniquely ordained all that, but I still struggled with it, the initial inter- interaction that we had. And in, there's a story in the book about the very first day you met Jean. You ended up on a bicycle, yes. and you ended up praying together. Yes. Can you share that, that yes. story? <laughs> so it might seem strange to listeners, but we're in, we're in Kabul. We're visiting some friends, and Jean needs to go to where you get a taxi. Of course, I'm from the I'm, I'm in the mountains. I don't understand this experience. So my, my fellow friend says, well, we're going to ride bicycles. Well, I'm thinking, well, we're we going to ride bicycles. There's three of us and one needs, you know, anyway. So he says, well, this bicycle has like a rack on the back, like a newspaper rack, we would call. And uh, so he says, you're going to ride Gene on the back of the newspaper rack. Well, I'm instantly just nervous. I'm, I'm, I haven't ridden a bike in years, more or less in Kabul in a foreign <laughs> and, country. And you're trying to make a good impression on this girl that you've met. Exactly. And I, and I write some funny, humorous things. You have to read the book. I don't want to say them on, 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 on air here. But so, yes. Yeah, so now we're on bicycles and I'm thinking some interesting thoughts. One is, who's this beautiful woman born in Afghanistan, called here now to serve but the, she's an American. But she's American, that? and she's beautiful, and she speaks the language. Her heart, her heart is for the Afghan people, a lot of similar uh, things that we share in, in common. And she's trusting me to ride her on the back of this bicycle in the busy streets of Kabul. And we just met a few hours ago, and I've never even been here to this particular part of Kabul. I have no <laughs> idea where we're at. So I just start praying. I can't lift my hands because my hands are glued to the—I mean, I'm, I'm holding, gripping the bicycle like a—anyway, but I, I just start praying, just naturally start praying, and— and she starts praying as well, and so we have our a prayer meeting there on the bicycle. And uh, and I found myself thinking, Lord, this is the type of person I want to marry. And by the time we got to where we were going, I'm thinking, this is the person I want. But I'm wrestling with that emotion in my heart, yes? <laughs> dating in Afghanistan is a lot different than dating in America. Even when you rode in the taxi together, you couldn't sit beside her right. because that would be inappropriate. How did you— Kind of, how did your dating life go that was very different from maybe what our listeners would have experienced here in the U.S.? Because in <laughs> Afghanistan, when it's time to get married, your parents basically go find someone for you to right. marry. You may or may not even meet them before the wedding, That's let right. alone go on dates with them or whatever. Exactly. Okay. A lot now. of arranged marriage. A lot of arranged marriages. Yes. So there are many times where when you get married, you're meeting for the very first time. Wow. Looking in the eyes for the very first time, which is a big cultural thing. But yeah, so... Well, in our case, thankfully, we had fellow international workers that were there that were aware of the fact that we kind of had eyes for each other and we might need some help. So often what that looked like is I would go visit her at her office in a work environment and we could sit and talk. Then when we were in Kabul, when I would visit her, we would walk. There were like little local international restaurants that foreigners would frequent, not far away. And, and relatively safe areas of Kabul, where you, at that time it was safe to walk. So we would turn those walking experiences to and from an office or to and from her house or to and from a restaurant as opportunities to talk and to pray and to share with one another because it looked natural. It was just two people walking. And that's kind of what the extent of it was, along with some emails, but 
when we first met, we didn't really have a lot of technology back then. So it wasn't like we could talk on the phone a whole lot. Right. But eventually we could. That came later. And uh, emails, of course, we could, we could do those things. But it was very, very challenging to find appropriate times, appropriate places for us to have communication together. And, and honor the culture that you were in. Exactly. Uh, by sort of following the rules uh, exactly. that they were there. Several years before this, God had told her, John Weaver is the man for you. She had never met you. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sorry. Gene's not here. Hopefully you'll uh, get yeah, a chance. I hope to, I get yeah. a chance to, to have Gene tell this story too. So long story short on that, because that, that is a loaded, loaded, a loaded story <laughs> to say it like that. Uh, well, first the readers will have to get the yes, book. Yes, you got to read the book. You got to read the book and get it. But as you mentioned before, I was in Afghanistan on 9-11. So there were a lot of people in the not just the Christian community and the community in general because it was a it was a hot topic. I mean, with 9/11 and things that were happening politically and things that were happening in in, in the area of Middle East, specifically Afghanistan. So people saw me on TV in connection to the events at 9/11, being this this American aid worker in in Afghanistan. So that was one brief introduction people had of who's this John Weaver guy that, who's on TV and. Frankly, many Americans would have thought he must be crazy. Well, why is he staying there when it's obviously time for all the Americans to leave? Exactly. And there were other international workers in the the area, but that was a unique opportunity God had given me to be there in the north on the front lines serving the— the displaced families that were that were that were devastated because of the tyranny of the Taliban. So then, not long after that, I was asked to write this book inside Afghanistan, which I had helped to do that, and it was to be the story of an American aid worker and a mission of mercy to the Afghan, to the war-torn people. Well, that spread among again not just the Christian community, but of course it did strongly through the Christian community because of my background and my experience. And so someone who was close to Jean, aware of her own story of being born in Afghanistan, having an interest in Afghanistan, not only referenced the the TV interviews, but also gave her the book, Inside Afghanistan. And it was during that experience where she'll have to tell it herself, but the gist of it is God began speaking to her, this is the man that you're supposed to. Uh, to marry. And she's in New York City, <laughs> and I'm in Afghanistan <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so so the obvious prayer after that is, well, Lord, that you're going to have to work a lot of things out to make that happen. But obviously, God did that. Yes. We're talking today on Voice of the Mars Radio with John Weaver. He's the author of Inside Afghanistan, which we talked about the last time he was here. He's also the author of a new book, Najiba, a love story from Afghanistan that shares this story of him and Gene and how God ordained their marriage, brought them together. Let's talk about the wedding ceremony. And we talked about this a little bit last time you were here, but just for our listeners to understand, why was it so earth-shaking and Mm -hmm. radical Mm -hmm. to have a Christian wedding completely honoring the Afghan culture and fitting completely in the Afghan culture, but a Christian wedding? Why was Mm -hmm. that such an Im- immense witness in that community. Yeah, I mean, we would say it's epic. It's historical when you read the story. Those are the words that we were told to use. Well, because in a strict Muslim context, it's not every day that two foreigners, in our case Americans, who are passionate followers of Jesus, meet and get married and have a public declaration 
of Christ and his love for his church. So we wanted our love story to illustrate the greatest love story, which is Jesus' redeeming love and his passionate pursuit for us as his bride. In the scriptures, that's one of the metaphors. We're the bride of Christ. And so to do that publicly in a way that honored the culture, we're not saying that it never happened before because we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. But in terms of our experience, (laughs) we don't know of anybody else that has done in the unique way that we were, that God allowed us to do that with an open public declaration through a wedding, which is an honorable thing in the culture. I mean, people came out of respect for us. They came out of respect of the institution of marriage and in, in, in a wedding, but they also knew we were believers, followers of Jesus, and it gave us a public opportunity. And we had believers from various different countries that were involved in it. It was all in the local language. The Bible was clearly read. We even gave out Bibles to those that wanted them. But we knew that's what God wanted us to do. He spoke very clearly, confirmed it through a lot of the international community, and also the local elders and even the the governmental figures that we were connected to, Afghans, who gave their blessing and gave their permission. They may not have understood everything that we were going to do, But they knew we were followers of Jesus. We were going to get married in a Christ-centered, a Christ-honoring way, and they let us do it. And we don't know anybody else that's done it quite like that. And I think it shows the favor that you had earned Mm. serving there for years, being a part of that community. And you talk in the book that, you know, you wore Afghan clothes, you had a beard, you could have passed for an Afghan. You spoke the language. So they obviously respected you. Yes. To, uh, to say, yes, okay, yes, absolutely, we want you. Yes. And then in that culture, for them to then come to the ceremony is another way of showing respect and honoring right. you. It was a win-win. It was a mutual honoring because they felt honored that we would want to get married in their country. Then when they realized the story, wow, this is the lady who was born here back in the 70s and God called her back. This is this John who was here on 9-11, who along with others has been faithfully serving our people when no one else was. I mean, I would have devout Muslims defend me to radical Muslims saying, hey, where were you when we needed help? These guys were here <laughs> helping us, you know? We love them, we respect them, we want to honor them. And actually, they would even say, we should even be more like them. They're better Muslims than we are. That's what they would say. Wow. <laughs> so I want to encourage people, order a copy of the book, Najiba, A Love Story from Afghanistan. Uh, again, we want you to read this. If you come to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, vomradio.net, we'll give you a link to the book, we have listeners who are single and are maybe right where you were before this, saying, Lord, I, I would rather be married. Well, mm. Why haven't you brought someone along to me? What would you say to those who are in that stage of life and maybe are at that point where they need to offer that up on the altar mm-hmm. and say, okay, Lord, if this is your plan, I, I accept it. Yeah. Todd, it's a wonderful question. And the real, real answer, sorry to, to, to boil it down, the real answer is Jesus. In terms of singleness, it's Jesus. In terms of martyrdom and being willing to lay down our lives, it's Jesus. It goes back that he is worthy. He's the pearl of great price. When we find him, really nothing else matters. Um, he, he's worth our lives. He's worth our sacrifice. He's worth our singleness. But I would add, add into that that singleness is a gift. And, and what a time not only to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, but to be able to then serve others, to have more time and more energy for prayer for giving ourselves uh, to others at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and then waiting on the Lord. I mean, I, just a few days ago, 
I told a fellow Afghan friend who's in, experiencing some challenges with his family, and I, I told him on the, on the Skype call just a few days ago, I said, I said, brother, one thing we've learned the hard way, it's better to be single than to wish you were single. You don't want to rush marriage. I mean, you want to marry in the Lord. You want to marry knowing this is what God, his gift, his calling, his time. And so those who are listening who are single, what a season of life to devote yourself to Jesus, intimacy with him, serving others, growing in that relationship with him, and then trusting him at the right time and the right place. You meet your Eve or your Adam, depending upon what, what gender you are. Uh, that, I, I think that's what I would say. How do we pray for the, the workers like you, foreigners who have gone there? And obviously you can't you know, get off the plane and say, hey, I'm a missionary. I'm here to plant a church. Um, so it's, it's humanitarian work. It's yes. other work that, that serves to get you in the door. How do we pray for those workers? Mm-hmm. I think first I would say let's pray for them that God would give them grace in their own relationship with Jesus because that's where it all starts and and where it flows from. But then out of that, grace for language because many of them need to learn the language. Grace with the cultural adjustments because we want to become all things uh, to all people. If they're a family, grace for their family and the dynamics of relationships in a cross-cultural context or the team that they might be on. But then with that, favor among the people, that they would find persons of peace, they would find those who are open and interested, that prepared heart as they plant the seed. As we close out today, John, and and we've had listeners actually request this, we often close out with, okay, how can we pray? Uh, But today I'm going to ask you to model how Mm. we can pray for the country of Afghanistan. Would you just lead us and lead our VOM Radio family in prayer for the nation and especially for our brothers and sisters who are there. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, let's pray together. Father, we just want to first thank you and praise you that you are the God of all creation. You're the God of all the nations, and we thank you that you are pursuing your bride in Afghanistan. We thank you for our brothers and sisters there, those that have heard your voice and those that have come into the family of God, those who have been wooed and won by your spirit and your love. And Lord, would you sustain them? Would you give them grace and joy in what they're facing if it's challenging or persecution, or even imprisonment, uh, or family dynamics. Lord, would you give them grace? Lord, would you give them creative ways to serve the community? Would you give them creative ways to share your word? Uh, Lord, Lord, make a way that everyone who wants a Bible can have it, whether that's printed or uh, on an app. Or uh, Lord, we, we know that your word is powerful, and we pray, would you get your word, uh, first of all, to your church, to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, but to every Afghan who would love to read the Word of God. Lord, make that possible. And Lord, as Todd mentioned, we do pray for the workers that are there. We include the Afghans in that as well. Lord, we do want to honor those that have given their lives, that have given the ultimate sacrifice of, of being martyrs in Afghanistan. Lord, would you, re- would you remember that, Lord? And we plead your own blood over the people of Afghanistan, that your light would shine there, your word would spread there, and there would be a great harvest, Lord of the harvest, not only send forth labors, but bring forth a great harvest in Afghanistan among every tribe and people group, for you are worthy, worthy as the lamb that was slain. And Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for all the listeners. Pray blessings and encouragement for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope that uh, as John has prayed, your heart has joined with us uh, over the Afghan people and over God's work in Afghanistan. 
Again, our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is John Weaver. He is the author of a new book, Najiba, A Love Story from Afghanistan. If you'll come to VOMRadio.net, we'll give you a link where you can order a copy. You can order an electronic copy. You can order a paper copy. He's also the author of two other books, Inside Afghanistan and A Flame on the Front Lines. So I encourage you, read those books. Uh, they will challenge you as to, to pray. They'll give you more knowledge to pray for Afghanistan and to pray for God's work there. John, it's always such a blessing yeah. to have you here. Uh, I I love your excitement for what God is doing in Afghanistan, and uh, thanks for sharing this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. It was a joy. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, if you're just coming into this conversation, you can go to vomradio.net. You can hear the whole conversation again. You can also access VOM Radio on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. I hope you'll be back with us next week because we'll be talking more about what God is doing around the world. And uh, as we've heard from John this week, God is doing amazing things. When you think about thousands of believers inside the country of Afghanistan, uh, God is just doing amazing things. So we are going to talk more about that next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.